Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Cantina MX Football Podcast. We are on episode 299. We're going to recap the weekend. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about the MLS Liga MX All-Star match happening on Wednesday. And some more transfer rumors as we get closer to the September cutoff. But before I go any further, let me introduce Joel. Joel, how are we doing? I'm really good. Hi, man. This was a good week. Not just for football, but for, you know, foot, football news. <laughs> so plenty to talk about. Absolutely. We did have two matches over the week. Since our last episode, um, starting with the big elephant in the room with Chivas at home, we knew it wasn't going to be easy, especially uh, just the output that we've seen from from the team since the beginning of the season. They ended up getting embarrassed at home 3-0 to Leon, and Leon had a man down. So kind of uh, salt in an open wound. Uh, similar to the game um, against Monterrey on Saturday as well. They were, Chivas had the advantage for almost 30 minutes and weren't able to score, but we'll, we'll talk about the Leon game first. Um, yeah, it was just brutal, man. It was, it was one of those matches that Chivas actually started off. Well, they were, they were playing really well. looked like they were going to score. And of course, Gota having an amazing match. Uh, Leon take the score <laughs> early three, uh, one zero 35th minute. And then in the second half, it was you know it was just all Leon dominating, and Vucetich made some suspicious substitutions, took out the engine of the team with you know Alexis Vega, and you know tried to do some experimentation. But in the end, um, they scored another goal, and then just just uh, right at the end, 98th minute, they score a third goal, and uh, yeah, it was just a, a very embarrassing match. Yeah, it had the fans, the Chi hermanos, they were raging. They're all full on, full on uh, Fuera Buse. That's right. And you, even Fuera Pelayas. And there's a big campaign going on. And I still think it's, it's exaggerated. And it sucks the result, of course. But I think there's what Chivas is doing, it's like a. a you know, the project, you could say, with Pelias, it's more of a long-term. And so it's going to take a while before we see any results. And Pelias did talk about this because he, he finally, he gave a press conference, you know, to, to address some of these issues. And he mentioned it, and he's mentioned it before. And it's something I talk about, about for fans, like like what's become the culture the football culture for us uh, Mexico fans with the short season, you know, where we've become very impatient Mm -hmm. and you want quick, quick results or else it's not worth it. Instant Uh, gratification. Yeah. We forget that, you know, it's, it's, you know, uh, regular season would be one year, one, one campeonato, but it's split in two. And so, 
we forget some of these things and, and just um, how more difficult it's become for Chivas because the other teams can just bring in four or five extranjeros and, and then be stronger than the previous season. Chivas just doesn't have that luxury. And, and so that puts them on a tough spot. Yeah, but, you know, we knew this going into the season. I mean, the second we had that press conference and they had said, look, we're going to keep Vucetich. We're, we're not going to do what every other, you know, team in Mexico does, and that's fire the coach. Uh, we're going to keep him on for another another year. And, you know, as soon as, you know, Pelaez said that, I just knew that. Um, yeah, I, I just didn't have much hopes for this season, to be honest. And, uh, yeah. You know, to be fair, in his defense, you know, the first couple matches of the season, he had to play them without a lot of players because of the Olympic squad and because of the Gold Cup. So we give him the benefit of the doubt there. And then, you know, we, we see we see these players start to reincorporate into the team around the match week four. Um, and it's just been very frustrating to watch this team, especially on that Wednesday game. I was watching the... Um, YouTube channel for Chivas because they they have people actually uh, in the palcos and they're calling the game you know through Chivas TV and you you just saw it all on their faces man they were all just devastated and <laughs> and just they just look like you know this is like just unbearable to watch and then there was a guy on the on the um, in the stands and he was going around every you know couple minutes interviewing the fans and. Everybody was just so upset. And then, like you mentioned, uh, towards the end of the match, they're just saying, fuera buce, fuera buce, fuera buce. And it's just like, look, he's not going to go anywhere because we had the opportunity to get rid of him, you know, during the offseason. So at this point, we just have to sit down on the Titanic and, you know, and just go down with the ship because they're not going to fire him. I know they're talking about Jimmy Lozano and and Turco Mohamed, but... I think that's all smoke, bro. I don't think he's gonna get fired. Yeah, it's those are campaigns that are from from like the, the promoters and player agents, you know, and they've always done that. They always done stuff like that to try to place their people in. And I feel it's been hurting Chivas because there there has been like a an aggressive push to sort of like you know, take hold of Chivas as far as like like one of the teams where they're gonna put their players, and it's it's been one of my one of my well for me, I, I believe that's one of the big reasons that um, Tena was let go. Uh, remember early on, he got linked to that one promoter whose whose name now skips my mind. God damn it! <laughs> but this this guy is you know promoter that's been in Mex for a long time, and they don't. They won't just place play um, the coach, but also players, and that's that's where the majority of the money is in Mexico with with the whole uh, you know buy sell trade. And uh, I, I gotta I'm gonna ask Google, but and and if we and if we remember back when Valencia was at the with the team, he was when he was like a GM, and then they brought in. Um, what was this guy? Was it Puente Jr.? They sort of had two GMs. And that was like one of the big fights as well for like who brings in players. And that was also like you could read even when La Volpe was there. 
And that was another another big big thing right before the Podologa scandal and all of that, because he had his own people. And I think that that's been hurting Chivas too. When when you see the promoters uh, trying to fight to see who who's gonna who's gonna you know just to put their flag in there, plant their flag in, in Chivas as far as like it's one of the teams that they control as well, uh, or they have a big say. And I think I think and and, and we mentioned this before too with Pelaez when he was at Cruz Azul. Big reason that's kind of why he got booted, you know, when the um, he had cut off their old promoter, and he was bringing in other players. And when that when that other dude came in, again I'm forgetting names. I might think I'm I'm losing <laughs> getting early signs of Alzheimer's. But but remember the dude comes in and they boot Pelias out, and as soon as they did that, they they started bringing in more players. And that's that's a big business, you know. It's it's a lot of money there. Yeah. So I do think that's one of I do feel that's something that's been hurting Chivas, where they just haven't been able to to get it. You know, not only haven't they been able to buy players, but even sell them. No, nobody would would buy from them. They I believe they put Beltran on the market, big name, and with no offers. Really, you know, I keep hearing all these great things, and no, no team even even sent like a. I think in the end, um, in the end, they they intervened and said that you know he was uh, he was going to stay with the team. But but even but even I mean, did you even did we even hear like so and so is interested? You know, I think or or Pachuca was interested, but yeah. But yeah, and see, and that's that's like same with trophies. Like no one, no one even wanted to touch him. And I do think that's part of it. I do think um, that's just the business of the game. I don't, I don't think it's being done to sink. Chivas is more sort of like to put pressure on them. And I do feel that's one of the ways to do it. We and we could we could. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but this was from back when Igera was was controlling the club, and he had good ties with Grupo Pachuca, you know, and that's where they had been bringing in all the players, Cota, Gallito, Pizarro, all, all the guys, everyone coming from Grupo Pachuca, Pachuca or León. And this was around the time that um, the clubs were going to vote for the TV rights because Televisa Televisa was about to lose them. And, mm. and yeah, do, do, you, do you remember that? And he was, they were going to vote at that time, Higuera Chivas was going to vote along with Grupo Pachuca, another group. And I forgot, I think ESPN, I forgot which, or Fox, some some other, but it was going to, Televisa was no longer going to have that control. And then they ended up doing that expo. They, they, Televisa started doing that the, those like new segments on on how Pachuca benefits from the state of Pachuca, how they get all these tax oh, breaks, and it's all on the expense. Chivas was also getting sued by Profeco, which is the consumer, you know, for 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 faulty Chivas TV. <laughs> it's, you, you, you know, it's this battle wow. that's going on. And uh, Chivas ended up voting for, you know, in favor of Televisa and and. 
that's sort of around the time when it, all the all them deals dried up, and now they couldn't get any players. Uh, so Chivas went with, you know, Televisa. They did get Oribe, <laughs> but uh, huh. they went with them, and then Televisa ended up having control of the selection for another, I, I think it's eight years. And then after eight years, I think they might finally lose it, just because I think uh, at this point they probably won't have as much. Uh, you know, we've been get, we've been seeing sort of their power waning. You know, as Televisa, people like to think everything always goes their favor, but we saw last season how they got taken away three points for having a player on the bench. Mm. Whose name I forget again. But uh, what was it, a Brazilian guy? Who was it? I don't remember. You remember? But, but that's how, you know, Atlas from benefiting from those three points. It was three points and a three plus three goals. Yeah, last year, yeah, season. Yeah, and see, that's something that wouldn't have happened, you know, a few years back. Like you just, it, it just was unheard of. And and we used as an example Tigres, who actually played with with an eligible player three games, and they were allowed to replay the games. This one they didn't even. I don't think America even protested. I guess they were like, whatever, you know. Sort of like we'll we'll catch you on the you know, on the rebound or something. So I do feel there's there's been some power struggles going on. And I do think that's some of the stuff that's been hurting hurting the rebaño. Okay, I'm gonna take off my my uh, aluminum hat now. <laughs> back back to you, Jaime. Well, you know, it's like yeah, this short season gives everybody uh this like weird sense of entitlement that if things aren't going aren't starting off well, you know, it's time to kind of get rid of somebody. And Querétaro are the first team to fire their coach. El Piti Altamirano has been fired, relieved of his duties. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it only took, and, what, seven seven matches or six matches. So, I mean, and, it's crazy. Yeah, and, and, and this goes back to something Hugo was saying, how he said that Mexican coaches don't get as much you know, of a chance as foreigners. And the PT Mexican coach, you know, you haven't heard much about him. Guess he's getting a start. And it's, it's a, you know, big reason why I was for Gonzo not taking the Pumas job. You know, I don't think they would have held on to him as much as they've been holding on to Liliani. Um, and he, I don't know if we mentioned it, but he's in charge of the... Atlanta of uh, Atlanta FC. So he's, he's a coach now and, and he's going to, I'm guessing he'll probably get the full season, you know, uh, with Atlanta. But <laughs> you're going to be funny if for his first action, he's going to, you know, get rid of Jurgen Dam and uh, Google <laughs> Torres. <laughs> he's like, get these bums out of my team. <laughs> Dang. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, but but you know that's that's sort of the stuff that that um just worth mentioning because we want to see more more coaches you know and I, I do feel that ultimately they're gonna have to seek their fortunes abroad you know I think uh, just because I don't think they're gonna have much luck very few are gonna have that 
that ability to to stay in max you sort of have to be linked again going back to promoters you sort of have to have the right promoters that's why we keep seeing some like uh thomas boy and whatnot you know they, they keep getting they keep getting jobs absolutely so we had, did have some uh accomplishments over the last double header uh, Pumas finally got their first win of the season. I wish Chiquis was here. Uh, they, yeah. they beat Puebla 2-0, so uh, somewhat yeah, Puebla, bouncing back. Man. Puebla now sort of going down. They had been, you know, one of, one of the surprise teams, and they had been been on a high, but now they seem to be... Well, they got rid of Ormeño, you know, so... Yeah, one of their goleadores. Not sure if they got rid of any other players, but that's and and you know that's the thing again. Can't blame them too much because that's what happens when um and and we said it here even why Chivas as soon as you have good players and they start becoming seleccionados and all of a sudden now they now they could demand higher wages and it it just becomes harder to keep some of these. They could demand better better salaries, better contracts. And so big reason why these teams end up having to sell the players. They just, yeah, they, they won't be able to afford the, the squad, you know, and then you give one of those players a contract, then you have to give the other ones because they're going to feel like they deserve it too. Yeah. They lost uh, him and Chava, Chava Reyes. He went to America. So, I mean, those are two big, big pieces to that success in Puebla. So, yeah, I mean, right now there's four teams with no victories. Puebla's one of them. Querétaro, who just fired their coach. Uh, Juarez. Oh, boy. What's going on over there with uh, Tuca Ferretti and Tijuana? And what I think with, with Tuca, we will, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't sound the lights. They're, they're just getting started. So let's let's see how it goes. Again, it's it's a long-term project they have with the Tigres, the former Tigre president, and he brought in the Toucan. I think uh, I think they're gonna give. Uh, you know, he has a streak. I don't think he's gonna lose it. <laughs> he has his never been fired. Guinness I don't know, man. I don't think MX. he's. I don't think he's ever but coached a shitty team before. To, um. He, yeah, true, but I mean... Because he was at Pumas, then he coached Chivas, Tigres, Toluca, Morelia. You know, it's like he hasn't really coached a team that's like basically relegation-bound. You know, if we did have the Senso, this would be one of those teams that's, you know, um, on the brink of getting sent back down to the second division. So, you know, this is a different challenge for him. And he's a lot older, too. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, you know, like the dude that brought him, he had that in mind. Like, you know, he he, he knows this stuff. So I think... Uh, He's getting his win percentage screwed over, man. He's got no wins. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's, he's got a 10-year, though. You know, he's got that big... Like, you're talking about you know, one of the best coaches, you know, um, in Liga Mekis. Oh yeah, the past ten years, and, and uh, even before that, but the past ten years were pretty consistent. The way I mean, his win percentage was—he was, well. was winning almost every game, every other game. You know, uh, he's at forty-two percent. Um, but now with Juarez, you know, he's at zero, so that's gonna 
it's gonna screw up his uh <laughs> it's like when you play call of duty you don't want your kill to death ratio to get too bad or else you know <laughs> you lose your rank <laughs> yeah i don't think he cares though man he has he has a bunch of trophies in his in his trophy cabinet back at back at home including the one with chivas which is like kind of like when you get the gold you know what when you when you level up the weapon and you could get the gold color yeah <laughs> winning a <laughs> winning a title at chivas is just <laughs> worth more it's like the ultimate uh unlock yeah you, you, you unlock that achievement so i mean I, yeah i don't think he i don't think he cares man he's he already did everything i, I really do believe he's doing this as a favor for yeah. the guy at, at, you, you should know, have just and, retired man yeah, but if if you had this dude that was, you know, because they hooked him up. That job like, we talked about. Just he took Tigres to the <laughs> Club World Cup final, man, the second best and team in the up. world, technically. And, that's what that's where you that's where you do. You just you just retire after that match, man. After Bayern Munich, he, you know that's he it. Should have. I agree with you. He should have left there. You know, exit through the front door. Uh, but he, I guess, man, he was just stubborn. Because the writing was on the wall already. A lot of the old card was gone. You know, this new directiva came in. But I think, you know, he he, he came up big time with, with, with the old card. We see him driving around in a Ferrari and whatnot. You know, um, my theory is like, you know, they just don't know what to do after they retire. You know, they just they get bored. So it's like, if I retire, then who am I? You know, what am I going to do? <laughs> I just can't picture Tuca like sitting at a beach relaxing, you know? I just can't. It's not in his temperament. He has to be yelling at somebody. <laughs> he has to be coaching somebody. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I do think someone like him, and I thought this was going to happen before at Tigres, but I didn't know that the whole directiva had been replaced or a lot of the key positions. And I thought he was going to stay at some type of consulting, you know? Like they give you some type of like a vice president of sporting or something like that. Yeah. Some fancy title. But I guess they were like, nah, these guys were like, they just knew he was too influential. And they're like, you know, we, we don't, we, we need to leave our mark or else we're just going to be following this dude for another 10 years. And so I, I understand that. And I guess if that team ever starts sucking, they could they could bring him in in that type of role. Yeah, well, Tigres, man, they are uh, scoring a lot of goals. They're in third place right now. And they have one of the best offenses. So, you know, Piojo's doing a great job. And, and see, it, it looked for a while. It looked shaky. And again, I'm saying if, if this, if he ends up doing good, this dude, this is like one of the dream jobs. We'll see Piojo in his in his Ferrari pretty soon too. You basically got a blank checkbook over there in Tigres. Yeah, I mean his wages and price money and whatnot. It's it's it was like you know I wanted him to go abroad, but I mean I don't blame him taking that Tigres that that big cushy Tigres job, man. That's that's almost like working from home and, and, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to do much. Absolutely. 
one last thing about Chivas that I just want to bring up before we move on. They haven't scored since match week three, and that was against Juarez. They tied 2-2. So scoreless against Santos, scoreless against Leon, and scoreless against Rayados. It's not going to get any easier. They do play I'm, Necaxa I'm and then uh, and then Puma. So I'm, I'm not concerned, Jaime. I'm not concerned. Um, because Santos was in the away game, and it was to take to take that point from Santos on the road. I think it was a really good result. I know people are probably saying, well, what are you talking about? Because they see Chivas as being high and mighty, but it, they're not. <laughs> Historically, yes, but but the history is not the one on the field. Uh, Santos has been just consistently, they're one of the best teams uh, as far as winning the league and all that. They're up there, man. I think they're top three, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but they're one of they've been one of the better teams as far as like you know winning league titles. I think they win it every four years or so. That's been their like mo for the past what ten years or some maybe longer. I think since Iraragori took over, but but um they've had Chivas number for a long time, and so to take a point from them, I. Uh, I, I I take it. I'll take it. And then uh, Leon again. This is a team that's been one of the best teams for the past. I don't know three four years. They've been very consistent, very good. And uh, yeah, it sucks to lose. Uh, that not being able to score at home though. I'll go back to that. And then Monterrey. I think they're one of the favorites to win the league, and to take a point from them. Especially after getting your ass handed to you, it's not, it's no easy task. So I, I'm, I'm not too concerned. I'm more concerned with not being able to win at home because I think it's been all, all defeats, right, Jaime? If I'm not mistaken, I think all games at home have been losses. Uh, let's see. They had, Their first game of the season was against Atleti at home and they lost. Yeah. And they go on the road and beat Puebla and then they tied a Juarez. At home, so yeah, they they have failed to win at home. Yep. Yeah, not good, not good. That's that's what you know. And you know Just, what? Uh, they did us a favor this weekend because the game was only available on ESPN Plus and ESPN Deportes, <laughs> which I don't even have, and I was gonna spend seven dollars to watch this, you know, this disaster. So I didn't watch the game, and uh, yeah, I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> They did everybody a favor. <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing hurting Chivas that they're not available on open TV. Well, I guess Monterrey, I think they have a contract with uh, Fox Sports. Oh, my bad. That was but, the uh, game. I don't know why the game happened to be on ESPN this weekend. I don't know what's going on there. I thought that was like really random. But... Uh, well, I no mean, figure. because is the contract with Fox in Mexico, and then there's the contract for games in the U.S. Oh, so that's I think that's that's what that's what we're looking at. Trying to see America. I mean, we have to talk about them. They're the best team in the league right now. First place. They've won five games, and they've drawn one, 16 points. (gasps) 
Yeah, I, I, you know the coach. He's 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 uh, showing to be really good. Um, what is it, Solari? And uh, you know, hopefully the team learn from their from their escapade last season, and they're gonna put the party in on hold. But the the big news coming from Ame was that uh, as a guy that scored, was he Ecuadorian? Uh oh! Oh, what are you talking about? He had been. They had sidelined him because Ibarra. he he, whooped, he beat on his wife or something like that. Remember, there was a big scandal that he was like, "Was there even a video?" I think he was like, "I'll kill you," uh, something like that. But uh, you know, domestic I, I think violence. Video. Yeah, but I think there was like a video. Like someone was like, like streaming it or something. They had like really? a TikTok about it. Yeah, he's he's making all these threats, and uh, if I'm mistaken, with my old mind, uh, uh, um, correct me in the comments. But he did get sidelined for that, and then he, they, you know, he came back. It all got cleared up, and there's been a big controversy because one of the Mex newspapers, I think it's Cancha. They did like a portada that said golpe de autoridad or something oh, like that. God. And they had him on the cover and they're taking <laughs> it, they're taking it as in, you know. Just classy headlines, like, you know. And and it's like they probably weren't even thinking of that. But I mean nah, come on, dude. Who knows? You two think so. That's you, intentional, bro. That was Because super that's intense. I've heard that before. I've heard that term before, you know. I mean, I guess with him being on the cover, but they should have uh, photoshopped a wife beater on him. One <laughs> <laughs> of, of those tank tops, put him on the cover. But uh, damn, <laughs> yeah, America they're gonna, in, in flying they, form. They're gonna, I mean, I mean, if they return this guy, they're gonna have to return that kid. I don't know if you remember, they had one of their juveniles. There was that song that was kind of popular with the oh with they're the making fun of the women movement, right the women movement like yeah the, la culpa no era mia era tuya or something yeah. like that it was like a little catchy chant yeah and uh they recorded him singing that song in the locker room that's right and they, they got rid of that dude and i was like well, if you can let the, the wife beat her back. <laughs> this dude was just singing, man. He was just. Yeah. It was actually a pretty boring weekend. You know, Tigre started off things with a 3-0 victory over Mazatlan. But Saturday was just pitiful. Atas and Toluca, no goals, <laughs> 0-0. Atletico San Luis and Cruz Azul, 0-0. And the Leon Santos game, both goals were off a of PK. So, you know. I feel bad for anyone that, you know, had the Sabatina, you know, they're like, oh, I'm going to do nothing but watch, you know, Liga Mekis all, all Saturday. Oh, man. <laughs> and then Chivas, uh, Monterrey, <laughs> also 0-0. There was only two goals in four uh, four matches, man. That is that is pretty bad. But, I mean, doble jornadas are always tough, you know? Yeah. The big, the big doble jornada has always been a difficult task. And you don't want to... Teams are more cautious because you don't want to end up six points down so so quick, um, and then getting 
getting the PT Altamirano treatment. <laughs> so can't, can't really blame the coaches for being like, if that, man, I'm going to pack it in. Go to the comments really quickly. Ricardo, welcome. Gustavo, welcome. Bill, welcome. Uh, Ricardo said something about uh, the coach mentality in Mexico that's worse than the player, that they don't want to get out of their comfort zone. Uh, he said that Chelis had an offer from Real Oviedo, but he declined because they didn't pay him enough. Um, I'm assuming that was a, what, second division team? Sounds like a second division yeah, team. Yeah, it probably was. No, they've been back and forth. But, you, you know, I, I agree with you to an extent. But then we also have to keep in mind, like, we don't know what these guys' economic situation is back home. You know, we don't know how, how you know, if they owe money or how much they have to pay or they have their kids in, in school or they're trying to put their kids through college. Uh-huh. So we have to keep some of that stuff in mind, too, where it's like, you know, once you have that, um, just a lot of these guys end up taking care of their whole family, not just their family, but like their immediate family, too, you know? The abuela and but all still, that. Stuff. I mean, if you get an offer to go coach in Spain, man, like you take it. I mean, he was coaching. Yeah, he saying, was coaching you, uh, Las Vegas a... and stuff. Like, you're not willing to go to yeah, Spain. And imagine, imagine how much they, how much less they must have offered him. He was Vegas. He was probably hitting the, the trying to get a jackpot. You know, <laughs> hit the slots after the match. Uh, no, but yeah, some of these. Teams in Europe will pay you almost peanuts, and I'm sure um, that's what they're paying Nacho, you know? He's like, ah, he's got... I could be a color commentator on ESPN Deportes and get paid to just no, he probably, talk he about He probably has good good money because, I mean, again, a lot of a lot of players, when they're players, they they just don't manage their money right, and, and they end up, once they retire, it's sort of like, you know, they could, they could go broke and whatnot. And it's there's a lot of stories like that. It's just pretty sad, you know, when when you hear about how these players that were great, how they ended up, like, on the street, sort of like Garrincha would, like, you know, because he was very, like, poor and, like, no schooling. And he would just, you know, he will put his money under his mattress. But, oh. like, he's sort of, like, like really? – yeah, yeah, he when he died, he was like in a bad situation. One of the heroes of the of the Maracanazo, some Uruguay, Uruguayo, I don't know if it was Gigia, I, I I can't remember the name, but this dude, he ended up like a bomb. He was like a bomb. They found him, and he was what? already pretty old, like seventy, oh, living in the street. And all, and I'm thinking, dude, Uruguay, well, what's going on, man? No one was looking out after their heroes. This guy should have like you know. He shouldn't have to pay for anything. Uh, he should just have a free pass, a, a free one of those fast track pass for all of Uruguay. <laughs> it's like, I want a World Cup, bro. Like, I get to get into he everything. He, their last World Cup they ever won, but it's, it's you know, a, a huge one. And, um, it, yeah, you hear some of these stories and it's pretty sad. So sometimes we have to keep that in mind as far as some of the coaches where it's like, Maybe when they had, when they were, you know, they probably went a bit extreme and and bought the too big of a house or too many cars now, and now they, 
now they're just like need to pay all that money off. Ricardo's uh, grilling you, saying that uh, these <laughs> these coaches don't want to sacrifice anything, like the uh, coaches from South America, and it's a mediocre mentality. Well, see, that's the other thing because you know the saying is the more money you make, the more you spend, and so in in South America, a lot of these guys they don't get a lot of money, so they're they're a bit more you could say humble in in the sort of stuff that like their lifestyle and whatnot. So they're they're that's a big reason too why they seek they seek their fortunes abroad. And then so it's even with the players, you know, they don't get they don't get a lot of a lot of things where so I do feel where a lot of those guys um I, I just they feel don't, like they don't go as crazy. Yeah. I mean it's like when you have a job that's a hundred percent commission, you know, you're not guaranteed a paycheck. So you got to go out there and bust your balls. I feel like if he was to take that gamble, yeah, you're going to get paid less, but I mean, you know, what's, why not suffer a little bit to go a, a lot further ahead? But I understand. But the, you say the age. the age counts too, you know, like, like how old are you when that opportunity came? So, yeah. and, and then where, where are they at financially? So a lot of these dudes, they're not, you know, you, we don't hear about them because there's hundreds of players. We might hear a, a couple that retired, but what about all these other guys? You know, some of them end up at the used car lot or maybe they bought a, like, a restaurant or something. But a lot of times we don't we don't really, that's it. Once they retire, we, we're not going to hear about them anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I did want to talk a little bit about this uh bullshit ass game that's happening on Wednesday between the all-stars of Mexico versus the all-stars of the MLS. Um, and as it turns out, everybody's dropping out. So, I mean, the big draw was the ability to see for the first time in a long time, seeing Javier Hernandez and Carlos Vela, uh, playing together, but they have pulled out of the match. Uh, Zignac obviously still battling with his injury. Uh, Lalo Aguirre, is actually in negotiations right now uh, working on a deal to get him to Europe, so he's not going. So, I mean, this whole thing is falling apart very quickly, and I feel really bad for anyone that bought a ticket to go see this uh, this sham. <laughs> I think if if they wanted to see Chicharron Bella, yes. But I, I do feel there's still some attraction, I guess more for if you're an MLS fan. There's that attraction because they've always use games like these as sort of like like the measuring stick you know they want to see how how they line up against Max so I, I'm a bit disappointed because I was looking forward to it I mean um, same I did want to see those two guys because we haven't seen them and that was a bit also like almost like a slap in the face of Liga MX that they ended up in MLS and not, not in, you know, not in Mex. <laughs> you know what I just read? Sort of, yeah. Carlos Vela faked an injury to get out of the game. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. He just, he, he just, he doesn't like the Mexican media, man. He, he hates him. He did the same thing. Um, Last year during COVID, he opted not to play in that little Mickey Mouse tournament they had in Disneyland. 
he ended oh, up yeah. he ended up not going to that either. So I mean, any opportunity he has to not play soccer, he's he's gonna take it. And uh, yeah, and well, I mean, his his commitment is with the LAFC, not so much. You know, this is more of a league thing, participation thing. But I I do because I because I am pro cross tournament. You know. You're you're into the cross pollination. I want, dude. We need him, man. I'm. To us, is like you know. That's like handing out the tray in church. The donation. (laughs) 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 The more tournaments they could play, the better. The more money the team can get. Uh, The more clubs they could sell. Like, so if they could sell to MLS, if Chivas could sell their players to MLS and have money and. Yes, I I want that. Um, I know everybody wants Europe, but that's just come on, man. It's not it's not that realistic. I think, uh, think I think Alexis Vega has a realistic shot of going to Europe. No, I mean, but to depend on that, like like, oh. do you know what I mean? So yeah. like, if we we look at the, I should be more more specific or more clear. Even if you look at like River Plate and and some of these other teams that. Constantly selling out talent, uh, sell out their better players. They don't just go to Europe. They sell them all, you know, to leagues. They'll sell them to Brazil, even MLS. Right. And and it's and Europe, you know, the whole thing with Europe. Yeah, the name, you know, oh Europe. But a lot of clubs, they're they're gonna offer you peanuts. Yeah. That's why we had that one player, uh, dude. Again, forgetting the names, Jaime, but he he ended up going to MLS. They they pay like fifteen million. Celarayan or Pizarro or who? No, it was some dude from River Plate. Oh, River Plate. And, and they yeah, and then some MLS club bought him for fifteen million, and I think uh, um, no Euro club wanted to go over ten or something. And I'm thinking, well, why? You know, a lot of people are criticizing him, but I'm like, what if those extra five were his bonus signing? Of course, he was gonna take them because with that. He could break his leg, you know, the next day, and, and his family is set. Santos Borre. Uh, no, it wasn't that, dude. Oh, this is like $15 million. Uh Julian Alvarez. Santiago Sosa. I don't know. Yeah, and so, I mean, but that's that's sort of like like if Chivas could, could make that type of money uh-huh. selling players, they'll be, ooh, they'll be... You know, you're not gonna get there because you sell. Uh, how much did did uh, he went on loan? He wasn't even sold. With was this guy uh, JJ Mag? That was like Get the top it. player, and, yeah. And he he goes on a loan, and so yeah, you don't make much money like that. Yeah, you need. Well, it's you more need... of like a trial before you buy. You know, there's gonna be an option for for uh Getafe to buy him at the end of the season and then Chivas will keep a percentage of his future transfer. So I think it was a good business there. You know, the problem is it because it is alone, Chivas can't eat and we're you know dependent on uh you know our our sloppy you know seconds. But, you know, you know that that's not the business model though. You know what I mean? It's definitely that not. you want you want to be winning like, titles and you just give up wanna... our best player, you know? Yeah, not alone. And then if they suck for two years, then they just send them back to you all like busted up. And then it's like, and, and now they're like stock dropped. So it's like, no, you, you want to sell, you know, you, 
just sell your better players for as much as you can. And then that way you could keep you could keep investing or buying other good players. So that's why I'm saying there's not going to be that many offers from Europe. So if you could have a league like MLS that's willing to pay that cash, then just go for it. Sell it there. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I'll probably still tune in. The uh, t- uh, trick the trick uh, challenge is tomorrow. <laughs> the yeah, they're going to have like a skills test tomorrow and then the the match the official match will be on wednesday uh both matches will be on uh in la at the bank and then while we're on the topic of all stars the chivas leyendas will be playing in napa this weekend uh all the old old heads from chivas will be playing against uh local team napa and napa just announced that matias almeida is going to be playing with them how exciting yeah, that just made it more attractive. I think a lot of people like, especially Chiva fans, they're high on on Mati, so for him to be playing, even if it's against, it just gives it that extra. Any, any Chiva player looking forward to watching Jaime? Um, I don't know what the roster looks like. They haven't announced it. Um. I would. One of my favorite players was actually Tilon Chavez. I don't know why he he just used to be one of my favorite players. Yeah, I like Tilon. Yeah, he was cool. Um, I'm sure Reynoso will be there. I'm sure. Um, Como se llama el tiburón? Yeah, el pulpo. Yeah, there's a few players on that team that. I mean, it's gonna be reminiscent of my childhood because I grew up watching like the the '90s Chivas, the one that won. Against Toros Nessa. So, yeah, that was a good team. As long as they're in decent shape, you don't want to see them all like <laughs> out of shape, off fat. It looks like a Sunday league. <laughs> you know those. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I'm sure it can't be any worse than uh, than watching the Chivas, the actual Chivas team play right now. I'm sure it can't be worse than that. You know, and then there was another thing going around about uh, possibly bringing in Tiburon Sanchez or Ramon Morales to coach Chivas because, you know, se siente la camisa, se siente. But I'm like, dude, you can't just like, you know, call them up just because they, you know, because of that. It's not good enough. You know, it's not just saying, oh, echale huevos. Like, you got to have like, like we're in 2021 now, you know, I feel like there's so much data available now that, I think there's more sophisticated manner of coaching than it used yeah, to be. And you know, this is this is again. I'm gonna say it. I mean, a lot of this stuff is is from from promoters and whatnot that they they put out these like news things just to steer shit up and and try to get fans all riled up, and it does work. But a lot of these guys are linked to to other people. Hmm. You know, they have contracts a lot of times. So it's not like the one guy that was there. Oh, man, what was his name? He was there before Pelias came in. God damn, what the hell was his name? He was a Chivas player, not 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 very good. But they had brought him in. And he, he had 
he had connections oh, to some... the, um, Varela? Yes, he had connections to some to some agency that represented a bunch of players. Okay. And so it's like, of course, if he's there, he's going to try to get his people in. And so it's all, you know, it's it's a lot of it is just business and it they'll talk about all this other stuff, but it's like yeah, no, it's there's money to be made and everybody wants to milk to milk the cow. So <laughs> I don't I don't buy a lot of this this shit about like oh tinte la camisa or that or when they say you know you started seeing the whole Jimmy Lozano I saw a tweet and it says he's he doesn't have a contract what, what are you waiting for Chivas I agree and it's sort of like you know those you're just just steering the pot there you know I mean Belias had just um and this is after Pelayas, you know, because he did his press conference. So it's like to still, to still like, um, you know, for him to do that press conference and then have news articles like that coming out, it's sort of like, uh, we, don't, we don't care what you said, dude. <laughs> I'm calling this right now. I think that Pelayas will resign before we lose uh Vucetich. I think he'll 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 oh yeah, yeah he'll resign. Yeah, but I mean I I think he will if if a Maori sort of like caves into like whatever pressure there is. Mm-hmm. So if a Maori caves in because right now Pelias has like he has total control of the club. And so the only one that could tell him you know what? Get rid of get rid of Buse. You know, is a Maori, and uh, so if a Maori caves in, and he starts telling them like, "All right, you need to do this. You need to." Then at that point, Pelez will be like, "Well, then if you know, if you don't trust what I say, then there's no reason for me to be here." Right. So late, late. So uh, yeah, who knows what would happen? Um, I know Vergara used to cave in a lot and follow a bunch of advice, bringing in people like Cascar Gorta and whatnot. Oh, God. And then sending the team did to Colombia. Of... <laughs> <laughs> he did a lot of dumb, dumb stuff like that, and, and it ended up hurting the team. So it's like, I, I would just let Pelias finish. I, I don't know how long his contract is. He's been here long. But that, that's all been my thing with a lot of things. Just, dude, just let him finish. That. He has a year to just let him finish it out. Yeah. And then start looking for whoever you think. Because Chivas is not just going to need, if they fire the coach or Pelaez leaves, you're not going to fix It's not going to fix anything. Problems. Yeah, it's not going to fix anything. Well, I, mean, well, I mean, this is the thing. Amadi is not a soccer guy. He doesn't really know soccer. You're still going to need someone that's going to manage the team. Yeah. You know, have like a whole group there that that is going to be in charge of players and and. And every, so, like for example, when when Vergara took over, you know, he he wasn't into soccer; he didn't know anything. But there was a whole group that came in with him, and so you had Juan Jose Franchi, who was a he he did a lot of the, the negotiations for transfers. They had Nestor de la Torre, who was like sporting director. They had like uh, Ivar Cisniega, 
and then they brought in Hans. They already had um, Eduardo. Um, God, no, I can't. I know I can't forget this name. Eduardo Real. They had Real working the youth, but then they brought in Hans as well, sort of to like put in together a project, even though uh, Real had already had one in place. And then, uh, but but you had this whole group of of people managing a different, you know, part of the club. And so if you do sacrifice, he's going to have to bring in people like that again, because he's not, he's not going to do it himself. You know, you really can't blame a Maori because on paper, he did everything right. He brought in Belize, who was like a really who? good VP. And then, well, yeah, his, his track would, let's just add a little more. His track record has been good. I mean, people yeah. will not like it, but his like track record of bringing in players, he usually brings in good players. His team being consistent at a good level, all of that, yeah, he, it's very good. You're not going to find many that are better or even that have, that are active, because I think there's a few, but they haven't worked in a long time. He also, you know, and then Pelas ends up hiring Vucetic, which, I mean, let's be honest, that was a that was a a good move. You know, he had a good track record, and yeah, the only the only thing is the refuerzos. You know, he hasn't been able to to come through on that end. But a, apart from that, I mean, he tried to do everything right on paper, and it just you know it hasn't worked out. And um, that's what our listeners want to know is like, you know, what what do you think is the problem with Chivas? And uh, I'm not sure, man. I really can't point my finger at any one say one one thing and say this is you know this is the the issue. Well, I mean, it's it's a couple of issues. So one of them was they just had a lot of undiscipline. You know, we've talked about this many times. The whole indiscipline with with the club with the players. I mean, not too long ago they let go of five players, and that that is hurting them. Not being able to count with some of these guys that they had to let go for. I think, what was it, Jaime, a rape allegation or something it like that? It was like a sex scandal thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was pretty. Dude, it has to be heavy for them to just, it wasn't just like he grabbed their boob, you know. I think was it, was, uh, Villalpando. it was it was Villalpando, and I think he like, yeah, he like raped like a underage, you know, girl or something. Or without consent or something, but I mean, it was deep. It was pretty he, bad. And I this even, was after they. <laughs> I don't think he's had a team. Well, they're not touching. <laughs> they're not. Yeah, see, that's that. It just shows, and and they had to get rid of all these dudes that kept like just messing up. And and you do have, you do have a few that just just you know discipline. And so I think that's one thing they've been working with, just getting rid of them. And at this point, you just wait for the new crop and hope that they're more professional. And. <laughs> So that's one of them. The second one has been they just can't get players. It's it just costs too much money. The Chivas is not in a position to drop 50, 60 M every other year. Yeah. They they just can't do that, especially if they can't sell players. That's the other one. The league isn't buying because because they could get so many foreigners for cheap. So you're kind of asked out there if you're Chivas. So that that also hurts them. I mean, we and I'm gonna mention it again. Uh, the once once the league went up in foreigners, it was what 80 foreigners, and then once 
they removed the restrictions, it was 160. So, I mean, they replaced 80 Mexican players. And that's like 80 players less that Chivas can choose from. Yeah, but they've always relied on, you know, bringing their own, you know, from the, you know. No, no. No, Jaime, come on. That's a misconception. That's just not true. Chivas has, has, um, look at some of these teams when, uh, how they, you know, I, I guess because of 07 and that had a lot of canteranos, but they still had other players that they had brought in, like Bofo and whatnot. So, I mean, it's always been like a healthy mix, but it's, I wouldn't say, I know the goal was like 80% cantera, but I think if they could do 50, that, that would be pretty good. I just remember there was a point in time when, you know, Chivas weren't spending money at all and they were just using, you know, their, their cantera and, you know, it kind of sucked, but at the same time, we were seeing a lot of, a lot of players that we hadn't seen before. So, you know, it's kind of like a hit and miss, you know? Yeah. I mean, and those three things I think are been huge. And then what Pelayas, when he was talking about when he, cause he gave the press conference after the Leon defeat, and he did talk about how they're they're working on, and they have been uh, working. And and this project started before he came in with Leaño, where they where they've been uh, working with youth, and they've sent a lot of youth to Spain to like third and fourth division teams, and then just been keeping track of. Uh, they brought back Tapatio, which is huge, was uh, you know in my opinion one of the best things they could have done. And but yeah, it takes it could take anywhere three four years to start seeing results. Absolutely. Well, I do apologize. We talked a little bit too much about Chivas this weekend, but you know they're always they're always in the headlines for one reason or another. Um, I'm very curious to see where Lalo Aguirre goes, or if that was also just an excuse not to participate in the MLS All Star Game, but. Lalo Aguirre, El Mudo Aguirre, you know, he's playing at Santos. He didn't really get too many opportunities at the Olympics, but I've seen him play, man. He, he's a player that should be playing for Chivas, to be honest. But, you know, it looks like he's going to just go leapfrog straight into Europe. Um, so that would be very exciting because Macias was on the bench over the weekend. I don't think he saw any action. Um, I don't think he's going to be seeing too much action, to be honest, at Getafe. But, uh, you know, he wants to continue to pursue his dream of, of being in Europe. And, you know, he's he's willing to do that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the situation is with that team, but I, I think he has the mentality, you know, to uh, to not cave in. This is a dude that would miss a penalty two weeks straight and then he would still... <laughs> He would still shoot a third time. So I think uh I I I don't think it's I think he's willing to to stay on the fight and not not at the first sign of trouble run back home. Yeah. We know he's not motivated by money. So you know he already, I, he already has money. He already has money. <laughs> um I do hope that he'll weight train because that's one thing that they don't do in Mexico is weight train. It's really annoying actually. You know, I mean, you look at uh, Lainess, he looks super yoked now 
uh, now that he's at Juve, so or not at Juve, at Betis. Yeah, it's, it's just not. There's a few players, but for the most part, the teams don't really. It's, it's something the teams don't emphasize. Well, folks, that was episode 299 of Cantina MX Football Podcast. We'll go into our closing thoughts. And also, we wanted to let everybody know uh, we want to do something special for our 300th episode next week. We don't have uh, the exact date or time, but expect it to be around Monday or Tuesday. And uh, we're going to invite everybody to hop on Twitter Spaces. I'm looking at you, Ricardo, because you were mad that you weren't able to participate last time we did it. So uh, Twitter Spaces, we're going to be broadcasting it as well as on YouTube. Yeah, just just at the Cantina account. And then as soon as that goes live, you'll get the notification. And then uh, we do follow back. It's, we're just low at it, but we, we, do, <laughs> we do follow back. It's uh, at Cantina MX underscore pod. You can find us there. And uh, do you have any closing thoughts, Joel, before we... Sign out for the night. Oh man, I for, I did. I had I had like a good one, but then I I sort of got lost with all this Chio Armano talk. <laughs> <laughs> it it went over me, man. Um, wasn't there selection stuff? I think they have a they announced a game against Ecuador. They did. Yeah. It's already Yanni. Uh, yes, sir. Oh, October twenty seventh. Interesting. Oh, uh, still, it's still far. I don't know why. They oh, Charlotte. Okay. Um, I know that Mexico has was... qualifications coming very, very quickly. Uh, September second, they are gonna kick off against Jamaica. It will be a closed door event. No fans allowed. So, I mean, the qualifiers are, are coming up the corner, man. Oh, that's right. It was because of the chant, right? So that's right. Like, if you can't hear it, you know, or maybe if you can't see it. How's that saying? Ojos que no ven, corazón que no siente. You have to adjust that with uh, something about not hearing All right, everybody. Hope you have a great night. We'll catch you guys next week on our 300th episode. Be safe out there.